you could be granted this wish to have more time in your day, how much time would you ask for? Two more hours? Four more hours? Ten more hours? Do you ever, do you ever find yourself fantasizing about how much more you could get done if you just had more time to do it? And as you think about that and you think about what you would fill that time with, maybe it would be some really great things. Maybe it would be wonderful things. Maybe you would spend more time volunteering and serving other people. More time reading your Bible. More time to take that time to, to pray. To pray for yourself. To, to pray for others. To, to be with others. Maybe you think how you could accomplish so much more in your work and be more successful. You could learn more, study more, experience more, travel more, spend more time with your family. And then after you added all of those things in to the more time that you asked for, how long would it take until you were back asking again for more time? And more rest and more sleep so that you could have more energy for the things with which you were filling up your time. And maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't use that extra time as nobly as you might think. I myself, I want to read more. You know, read more ministry books, read more of my Smithsonian magazines that are stacking up on my nightstand. Actually, they probably could be my nightstand right now. More time to read fiction. I don't know when the last time is that I read a fiction book. But I recently read this astonishing stat from this man named Charles Chu, he estimated this out, calculated it out, because the average American can read 200 to 400 words a minute. And at that pace, all of us, every single one of us, we could read 200 books a year in just 417 hours. I don't know, that sounds like a lot of time, right? I mean, that's over an hour a day that you would be reading. But do you know how much time the average American spends on social media every year? 705 hours. And TV, entertainment, movies? Every year, 2,737 hours. I got those stats uh, reading this book, John Mark Cormer. It's called uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And he also shared some other stats. This came from research that was done by a man named Philip Zimbardo. He was researching the crisis of masculinity in our American culture. And he concluded that the average guy spends 10,000 hours playing video games 
by the time he is age 21. And so John Mark Homer, he goes on to say that in 10,000 hours, you could master any skill, you, be, you could become an expert in any field, this is what he says, from Sumerian archaeology to Olympic water polo, you could get your bachelor's degree and your master's degree. You could memorize the New Testament, the entire New Testament, 10,000 hours, you could do that. Or you could beat level four of Call of Duty. I probably have plenty of time to do more reading. And so maybe we don't need more time, but maybe we need a better view of time. You were laughing and chuckling a little bit at the stats that I shared, and part of that is because whether we're a gamer or not, whether we like to watch entertainment or not, we all know we waste time. So maybe we need this better view of time, and I think that's exactly what this biblical poet writes in Psalm 90 when he says, teach us to number our days aright. It says prayer to our God that he would help us to learn and understand the time that we have. To understand how precious a gift it is to make informed decisions in the way that we use the time that we have been given. Because our time is limited. And we all have this limit, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we, we try to hide it and push it away or we try to ignore it, there is this huge limit on our time. And the Bible is ruthlessly clear about that. It is incredibly straightforward. You look at verse 3, you turn men back to dust. Verse 10, the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. The Bible will not allow you to ignore your mortality, which is a good thing. Because we have to wrestle, we have to come to grips with this limit that we have in our life. And the greatest limit that we have is our mortality. Your time is finite. You get 70, 80, maybe 90 years? Or 40? You could die tomorrow? Today? If you had only 24 hours left to live, would you really eat away at five of them playing Call of Duty? And so this limit that we have, this understanding of our mortality, it puts us in this really interesting situation because on the one hand, we know that all of us, we sometimes waste time. And sometimes we waste massive amounts of time. But on the other hand, because we know that our time is finite because we know that there's a limit there then we also try to maximize our time and we try to be overproductive and and over efficient and use every last second that we possibly can to do something and accomplish something this 
subtle cognition that we have of our mortality, it drives us not to lose a single moment, a single second, but to, to fill it up, to cram our calendars full. Whether well-organized or organized chaos, it doesn't matter. We're going to cram as much as we can into our life, into our weeks, into our months, into our years, so that we can experience more. And some of it's really good. Like, work is good. Recreation and entertainment is good. Time with our families, it is good. But what we so often fail to grasp and fail to find is the balance that we need so that we can live a life where we experience real rest. And so our whole world can appreciate this verse. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I mean, you can, you can easily put that verse on coffee mugs and on t-shirts, and people will eat it up. But worldly wisdom is different than biblical wisdom. Because worldly wisdom would say, yes, teach us to number our days aright. Help us to understand that our time is short. Worldly wisdom that would say that because this life is short, then you need to speed up. And you need to accomplish as much as you possibly can in the limited time that you have. But biblical wisdom actually says the opposite. Biblical wisdom tells you that because this life is short, you ought to slow down. God leads you to number your days aright and gain this heart of wisdom so that as you process all of your decisions, as you think about the why behind all of the ways that you use your time, that there's this understanding, this understanding that your time is limited, but not just understanding that it's limited, understanding why it's limited. Understanding the reason behind that. Our time is limited because we have been separated from our God and his eternity. That's what's so foundational to this wisdom. And you find it in verse 7 and 8 where it says, We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. And perhaps you maybe need some of those things to, to be brought out into the light yourself. To understand that God has given you this gracious gift of your time. And so couldn't it be true that our waste of time, our misuse of our time, that that is offensive to our God? Because to whatever it is that we give our attention, we give our time. In fact, people today, they will talk about how we live in the attention economy. Because so many things out there are vying for your attention. They want to grab hold of your attention and your time. 
the messages, the movies, the entertainment, the, the notifications, the dings, the bells, the whistles that call our attention to all of our devices and everything else. Because if they have your attention, they have you. And do we give our attention and our time to our God? Have we used our time and our attention to focus on our God? And so a heart of wisdom, first and foremost, a heart of wisdom turns to Jesus. A heart of wisdom comes to Jesus as we recognize how we've maybe wasted this precious gift of God, how we've abused it. We, we come to Jesus and we bring that to him. And so when you recognize the time that you have spent on frivolous things, Come to Jesus' cross and remember that the time that he spent there was for you. When you recognize that you've used your time solely for your own benefit with little service to God, with little service to others, come again to that cross of Jesus and see how Jesus used his time to serve you. When you recognize that you have guarded and protected your time and you, you've kept it free from the interruptions of others who maybe needed your time, needed you to, to speak to them, to care for them, to, to pray for them, but you guarded and, and you protected that time for yourself, come to Jesus. And remember that Jesus has guarded and protected you from every accusation so that you are free of guilt. You are free from all the fears that might come with that. Turn to Jesus. Come to Jesus and find rest and relief and forgiveness. Come to Jesus and find God's timeless grace. Because God has had compassion on his servants. He sent Jesus, the eternal, infinite Son of God who humbly came and entered into our time, entered into our limits, and that greatest limit that we have, he entered into mortality itself for us. His time on the cross was to free you Those three days that transpired between his death ended in his resurrection. A resurrection to a new life without limit. Eternal life that Jesus now promises is yours. You have eternal life in Christ. Which means that you are not running out of time. You have eternity itself. And so in your life, you can slow down. 
You can gain a heart of wisdom that not only comes to Jesus, but a heart of wisdom that uses time purposefully. Not only has Jesus redeemed you, but he's redeemed your time. He's redeemed it from the busyness and from the waste. He forgives you and now he has empowered you to use your time for godly purposes. See, this gospel truth that we have been forgiven, it brings that balance to our use of time so that you neither waste it nor waste yourselves and your soul trying to cram as much as you possibly can into the time you have. Jesus allows you to to fill up our calendars with godly living so that you don't let your calendar control your heart, but you let your heart control your calendar so that you can live in service to others. You can grow in this wisdom that comes from Christ, this purposeful living, these God-pleasing acts that we can carry out in our life that will also please you. You think about these God-pleasing activities on which we spend our time. They're not waste of time. Those are joyful. Those are restful times. Whether it's spending that time to be in God's Word, to be in worship, whether it's spending that time to have a conversation with someone and, and to share this good news of Jesus with them. Spending that time in study and personal devotion. But these God-pleasing uses of time, they are not just limited to these missional or evangelistic or or discipleship type uses of time. These godly uses of time are there when we spend time with our family. When we slow down to, to have a cup of coffee and talk with our neighbor, to encourage them, to support them in their life, to ask what's going on. It includes the righteous ways in which you parent, which you serve at work, as you work hard, when you befriend a neighbor, when you serve as a grandparent and, and you love on your grandkids. Those are all godly uses of time, purposeful uses of time. And so, my friends, ask you yourselves, how can I purposefully use my time for godly purposes? How can I purposefully use my time to be in his word? How can I purposefully use my time in love and service to others? How can you purposefully use your time so that you will enjoy the unfailing love of your God? Because you, dear child of God, you view your mortality differently. Without fear, without feeling this pressure to be overproductive, overefficient, to cram as much as you possibly can into this hour, this minute, this day, this year, this month. Oh, in Christ, eternity is yours. So you're able to be satisfied with Jesus' love in every single day. You heard that towards the end of this psalm satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. And this is God's desire for you. 
This is God's desire for your use of time, that you would be satisfied in it, that you would find joy in what he has given for you. Because you know as you wake up each and every day, you know that that day is covered by the blood of Christ. You know that that day comes to you in the truth and the knowledge that Jesus has risen. He is alive, and so are you. The wisdom that that tomb remains empty. That wisdom that comes that you know that every single day you live in the shadow of his cross, and that is a shadow that provides comfort and relief, forgiveness itself, strength for every new day. You live in that joy of your God. And our godly wisdom, this heart of wisdom that God produces in us, it will help us to use time purposefully and then ask God to bless such use. The final verse of that psalm, May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And so we ask our God to help us to number our days of right, to gain this heart of wisdom in the way that we look at our time. And maybe as we do that, we'll actually find that we have more time than we really need. We'll find more time in the time that God has already given us. We live free to immerse ourselves in this purposeful Living And it's not just so that you can read more or you can learn more and you can accomplish more. Not even so that you can spend more quality time with your family. All of those things are good things. Numbering our days are right that goes beyond limiting our social media or our entertainment. It means to find the rest of God. To use our time and our attention to focus on his gospel message of forgiveness in Christ and the eternity that is yours. Amen.